welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Jason Lukowitz as we talk about unlocking our children's imagination and innovation through teaching electronics. I was excited as I began to think about how uniquely all our children are created and what God could do with the natural giftings of our innovative-minded kiddos if we just give them the tools to bring their imagination to life as they ask, what if? I am so glad you're here. So let's dive right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am really excited to have Jason Lukowitz with us today. Jason has a a curriculum built around electronics and just equipping your children in the STEM field, the science, technology, engineering, mathematics, really getting them ready for walking through doors that the Lord may open for them in the days ahead. So Jason, I am really glad you're here. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me and taking time to uh, include me in your uh, in your broadcast here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Can you give us a little bit of your background and kind of a little bit of information about your family and where you are, uh, what you're doing these days before we dive into talking about electronics and, and all the possibilities that holds? Absolutely. I am. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 19 years. We call uh, Nashville, Tennessee home. Uh, We have two kids. Uh, My daughter's 11 and my son is 14. Uh, She's in sixth grade and my son is in ninth grade. He's starting his high school year. Um, In terms of background, I grew up around electronics. My my dad did it. I swore I'd never do it. And yet here I find myself 25 years later uh, doing electronics. And as an extension of that, we uh, launched a division a couple years ago to not just sell electronics, but actually teach electronics. And to mm. that end, we, we wrote textbooks that introduce electronics to our students ranging from middle school all the way up through college trade and technical schools. Wow. Well, why? I, I think we probably all know this, but I would be fascinated to hear your answer. Why is it so important to make sure that our children have a foundation in in this area, in the these is uh, really all science areas, but really in particular, computers, electronics, technology, that kind of thing. Um, it's the reality is it's around us. It's all around us. Every single thing we do from the moment we wake up to the time we go to bed at night involves some form of technology. Whether it's checking a phone for a text or an email, whether it's engaging with a laptop or iPad to interact with a, a teacher, a coworker, a student. Technology is all around us, and it's it's one of those things that, good, bad, or otherwise, is part of our daily routines. And our our students, our our our, our kids that we're talking to, quite frankly, are becoming the masters of this. And our objective is to not just make them the masters, but give them the skills to understand not only what the device does, but how the device does it. Yeah, um, I as we were talking before, you said something about really giving them a foundation to, you know, create the next innovation, the next big thing. Um, and I found that so fascinating. What is or, or what are some of the the things that are going on in electronics? What are, you were mentioning some of the things that you know you see all around you, but those uh, people like me who don't think technologically at all. We miss it, but it was it was really interesting to hear about all the different moving parts and stuff of things that we take for granted and how our children can actually, as they learn about that, how it really unlocks their creativity and such. 
Well, for me, um, when I was younger, uh, there, there was a commercial. HP used to run a commercial, and their tagline was, what if? Just those two simple words, mm-hmm. what if? And in my mind, everything that we've done is along the, that, that same kind of thought process of what if. And in, in our particular context, our what if is saying, what if the people that we're interacting are the ones, the next, the next generation of great innovators that create the next device that you know suddenly we can't live without? And along that vein, one of the quickest, easiest ways to relate this down to what we do is to simply, you know, look at your iPhone or look at your iPad and be able to start connecting some of those devices. And, and as an example, or excuse me, not devices, components, as an example, you know, your iPhone, you look at your iPhone on the left side, you've got a volume switch. Well, that mimics what a potentiometer does. Uh, if you hop in the car this morning, whether you're driving or being driven, if you reach over and adjust the volume, that's a potentiometer. If you have a dimmer switch in your house or if you have a automatic nightlight that sits in a hallway or a bathroom, well, that device functions as a result of an electronic component that we're introducing. And by showing the student and, and the learners that these devices and these components that we're introducing are all around you, you start to get this imagination and you start to identify stuff in the real world to say, hey, I know how that functions. Um, as mm-hmm. a quick example, railroads. I love railroads. I love watching trains. Well, if you come to any railroad intersection, you've got red flashing lights. Well, that flashing light occurs as a result of a timing chip. Well, we introduce a timing chip. And that timing chip just doesn't have to do with lights blinking. It has to do with the fact that every single device we have in the world runs on time and you hear a processor speeds well that's a clock speed well that clock is driven as a result of an electronic component and our objective is engaging with the students and giving them an imagination to say hey we're introducing stuff you can hold physically hold and feel and play with in your hands but those same components are highly miniaturized and are put on the boards of our iphones or our laptops or our Xboxes, or whatever the device is that, that a learner may be interacting with, and they start to get this imagination and say, hey, not only do I know what that is, but I know how that works. And they may not understand it in context of, say, an iPhone, but they can understand it on a simple level, but that simple level just forms as, as like a foundation. It's like building block, and you start to build the foundation, and then you start to add all these other building blocks on, on top, and then you look at it and say, wow, I've created something special or unique and not only created it, but know why it works and how it works. Well, that is that is absolutely fascinating. And one of the things that I have noticed so much with with my kids is their view of the world is so different than mine. They are they pick up on things so much more quickly technologically because that's all they've known. They've grown up with all of these components, all of these devices and everything all around them. So it's it's very much like a second language. So do you find that kids are actually as they're studying these things, are they are they pretty natural at picking them up and understanding how they work together when you kind of unlock it for them? Well, I, I think I think we have two tracks of of learner. We have the ones that are going through and fulfilling the requirements based on, you know, a curriculum set by a parent or a teacher. And then we have the ones that are embracing this and they just have this thirst and hunger to want to know more and ask that question of, you know, not only 
okay, it's great that it works, but why does it work? Um, you know, our, our pastor at our church, we go to World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He jokingly says, he says, if you don't know how to work your iPhone or iPad, he says, ask any five-year-old. And there's a lot of truth to that fact that, 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 that these kids, our kids, my kids have grown up and they don't know a world that doesn't have this technology. And yeah, I wish my kids didn't spend as much time in front of a screen. And I, I, I bet you probably wish that for your own kids. But the fact is, those screens are how we interact. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. to, to a certain extent, it's almost hypocritical. So you shouldn't be in front of your screen so much when they see mom and dad sitting in front of a computer all day long, or whether it's a Zoom call or whether they're doing spreadsheets or working on, on different programs as a result of, of work responsibilities. This is how we interact with the real world um, nowadays. So having that, having that student not only look at it, but have a thirst and desire and hunger to want to learn why it works the way it does, and then start to get this imagination to ask what is possible. And I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, when we did Nashville, when we did the Teach Them Diligently show, I think it was this past year um, in February, we did a couple breakout sessions and we gave this, we gave the kids boards and some parts to play with and we kind of walked them through building a quick circuit. But it's inevitable that you got one or two students in the room who really embrace this and start adding to and enhancing because they're already latching onto these basic principles. Yeah. And before you know it, they, they come up and say, well, look what I created. And it's above and beyond what's there, but because they understand the interactions of how one device or how one component functions with another component, and they're already grasping it at that very young age, it, it's it's always amazing to me to say, you know, I can't wait to see this kid in 20 years to see what he comes up with and where he's at in life because of that natural, you know, imagination and, and desire to want to learn and grow and, and explore. Yeah, I have one child in particular that that is just really hardwired that way. He has been building with Legos and creating things ever since I can remember. And, you know, still he's in college now and still the tinkering, the the building, the taking things apart and, and doing new things with it is just part of who he is. And it's so cool to kind of step back and recognize that God has created all of us with different strengths, different leanings, different talents, but it's actually those things that he's put in our hands that he wants to use to further his kingdom, to make the world a better place, to to all kinds of things. God actually uses exactly how he created us. And so equipping our children to do that well is so, so important. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I'll speak from personal experience here, okay? In terms of dexterity, I don't have the best dexterity. When, when, we, when we go to Ikea and buy a new dresser or bookcase or whatever, I'm kicked out of the house because my wife doesn't let me put it together because I don't have the patience to sit there and fiddle with all the screws. And I, I unapologetically tell people like in our breakout sessions or when I'm teaching the curriculum, I tell them unapologetically, look, I said, I know why this works. I can tell you how to put it together. I can fumble and get all the pieces together. But in terms of the dexterity to sit there and piece together the circuit, I'm not the best at it, but I can articulate how to do it. I can teach you how to do it. I can write the book to show you how to do it. I said, but when it actually comes to the physical act of doing it, I said, I'm not the best person. I said, in my house, not only I'm not allowed to do Ikea furniture, I'm not allowed to hang a picture. Somebody else handles that for me. That's not my skill set, but my my skill set is in terms of being able to write it out, put it in a way that's engaging and captures the imagination to be able to stand up in front of a group of students and say, hey, guys, here's what's possible. And again, it's that it's that gifting that God has given us in terms of our, our skill sets. Now, 
I've got a guy that works with me. Um, he puts kits together for me all the time. I say, I need a kit put together because I have to demo it. I let the kids, I let the students, I let everybody know up front that, hey, I can tell you how to build it, but I'm not probably the guy that you want doing it because that's <laughs> not where God has blessed me with gifts. Um, in the same in the same respect, you know, we have students who, and, and you know this, you know, you know this from your own kids, you, you know, I know this from my kids, that they have skill sets that just, you know, blow my, you know, blow your mind in terms of what they're able to accomplish. And we look at it and say, it looks simple, but the reality is it isn't that simple. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and actually as parents, I think that understanding those different giftings and embracing them, recognizing that, you know, I have four children that are all very, very different in their giftings and in their approach to things. Um, but just like you were noting, they're so complementary. Your gift at teaching and explaining and all of that is is of critical importance to unlock the imagination of those builders, of those creators. So, you know, God has has created all of us to work together well if we'll just recognize where our gifts lie and really explore that and equip our children to to go down those paths. Absolutely. And and this is actually a perfect segue to, to illustrate that you know, whether my curriculum or other STEM-based curriculum, part of the beauty of this STEM-based focus is teaching students not only how to accomplish a task, but then teaching them the critical thinking necessary to solve a problem when it doesn't work as mm. intended. And that's that's something that I think is so valuable because we we, we unfortunately I, I call it the Capital One effect. You know, if you ever had a problem with you know if you ever had a problem with your credit card, you call Capital One, and the moment it veers off a script, the response is I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And my my human side, my critical thinking side says, stop saying sorry, start thinking of a way to solve the problem. Well, in that yeah. same vein, when we have an issue. How much, it, it, it's one thing to throw your hands up in the air and be frustrated and walk away. It's another thing to stop and say, okay, I have a problem. How do I solve the problem? And then start that critical thinking process of going from a problem to a solution. And that's, you know, as, aside from the imagination, aside from that what if component, it's the, the, a STEM-based curriculum. And, and, and again, whether it's mine or others, is, is so brilliant in the fact that it sets the kids up not for failure, but it sets the kids up for the opportunity to make a mistake and within that mistake, be able to learn from that mistake. And here's the thing that I've learned is a lot of times when they make that mistake, once they've identified what they've done wrong, they won't make that same mistake again. But those hmm. tools and the, the lesson learned by having you know, walk down that path of being able to diagnose, critically think about it and then solve the problem, they then, they then take those skills and then apply it to the next problem that, that they find. And, you know, they do that two, three, four, ten times across, you know, a broad spectrum of just different topics in life in general. And suddenly you end up with, with, with a student who's able to look at a problem and say, hey, I don't know how to solve it, but I know how to find a solution. And yeah. that critical thinking starts to shine. And, you know, at that point, you know, whether whether you're engaged, you know, as a parent, you stand back with pride and say, that's, that, that's my kid who's solving that problem. <laughs> or, you know, as a teacher, you say, hey. That's my student who's solving that problem. And you know, I jokingly tell my, you know, I jokingly tell people all the time, I said, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. You guys are. I'm relying on you because I want to learn from you guys because the way you get to a solution may be different from the way I do. Mm -hmm. But it's that cri critical thinking component that gets you to that solution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, do you think that that for parents, 
by and large, and again, I, I have just myself to lean back on, but or to look at here, embarking teaching these STEM type subjects, electronics, it's so foreign to me. Um, do you think that parents tend to shy away from that to go like different paths because they're intimidated by it? I think there's a certain level of intimidation, but part of that intimidation, and, and again, I, I'll use I'll use teach them diligently as a great example. When we've had the opportunity to connect with hundreds and hundreds of parents through the years that we've we've been with you guys, uh, one one of the things that we do best is we learn from the parents. We listen to what they're saying. We we engage with them, and and a lot of times, well, parents come up and say, "Hey, it would be great if," and you know, as an example, like we added quizzes as a result of of you know, feedback from parents. We added some, you know, some groupings to where we say, hey, parent, you can actually sit here and we've done your lesson plan for you so you can sit here. So we've tried to take that intimidation or that scary factor out of it. And, you know, we, we've told parents that, you know, a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid can sit down with our book, start at page one, and if they follow and go from page one all the way through the end of the book, they will end up with an understanding of electronics on a basic level. And then from that point, they can step into more advanced electronics. Um, you know, and from the parent too, we encourage them, do it alongside your student. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've said is, hey, parents, one of the best answers you can give, a, you know, give your, your kids when you get asked a question that you don't know the answer to is just simply honestly say, I don't know. And at that point, whether you use Rabbi Google to ask the question or whether you pick up the <laughs> phone and call us and say, hey, we've got a question, uh, by by using by by being honest with 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 your own kid, not only does your kid come to respect you more because they recognize that you're not perfect either, but together you can learn a process and you can solve a problem. And along the way, I promise you, your kid is watching and observing how you solve it, and they're going to take that and apply it to their own problem solving skills also to arrive at a solution on a problem that they encounter in life. Yeah, yeah, and. As an adult and, you know, a homeschool teacher and that kind of thing, I find that I am so intrigued by everything that I can learn. Like, I just want to learn everything. And you don't always have that same outlook when you are a teenager or a middle schooler or whatever. You know, it's it's um, learning isn't quite as exciting all the time. But but that's one of the things I've loved most about homeschooling is I've been exposed to all these different things that I never saw, never knew, would have never learned otherwise. And it's it's really, truly awesome to kind of learn and grow together with your kids. That's one of the great privileges of homeschooling. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, I don't I don't homeschool my kids. I, I end up, I've told everybody when we've done the shows, I we have our kids in a, in a, in a brilliant Christian school here locally. So, and mm-hmm. it's the right place for our kids and, and such. But with the parents that we, we get to interact with, it's it's always amazing. It always blows me away the interactions we have with the students. Yeah. And there is, you know, we walk away. I we did a uh, we did a show a couple of years ago, and we had a student who, um, at the very beginning of the show, I, it was my fourth time doing the same presentation, and I'll be honest with you, I was exhausted. And hmm. at, right at the beginning of the show, this uh, there was a question from from somebody else in the audience, and this kid who was sitting right in the front row, he raises his hand. He says, he's like, he's, and he kind of interrupted. He said, can I answer that for you? And I said, go ahead. So he answered the question and he was hundred percent correct. And he stood up and he came, he came and stood next to me at the lectern. And he says, if you wouldn't mind, he says, can, you know, can I help you? I said, absolutely. And I turned my laptop to him. I said, here's the deck of slides. Here's the, here's what we're going through. And he started to interact. And then he turned to me and he said, he goes, if I, if I say anything incorrectly, he says, will you stop me and correct me? Wow. I said, I said that's, that's fine. Well, 
so during the course of the 45 minute session, this, this student actually led the majority of the session and he took some stress off me from having to teach it. Cause I was able to then interact with more of the people in, in the audience who were doing a hands on, on thing. But this is, this is a student who got engaged at a very young age, yep. was taught how to think he was you know brazen or cocky enough to stand up and say, Hey, do you mind if I teach? Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> you know, but you sit there and you know, 20 years, you know, 20 years from now, this kid is going to change the world in some capacity because of that foundation he was given by parents who cared enough to get him engaged, who challenged him enough to learn, and then Mm -hmm. instilled in him the desire and that, you know, that that need to want to learn and grow and and continue his exploration of his interests, which happen to be in the technology related fields. That's so cool. I love to hear stuff like that. I actually had a conversation yesterday with my my son that I was alluding to earlier, who we're looking at his college classes for next semester. And yeah, he was talking about how the, the classes where logic, where he has to think his way through, it all makes logical sense, the math, the sciences, the the things that just, you know, stack up for him are are so easy because he's like, if it makes logical sense, I can think my way through it. But he is that same kind of kid that you were just talking about who would be bold enough to get up and try to teach. He he wants to figure things out. He wants to to critically, you know, think his way through all the steps and logically put it together. He's actually my IKEA builder. Um, so, um, you know, I think that, that those guys, those girls are all around us and actually capturing their imagination and setting them free. To, to explore and to create and to innovate is so exciting and so important. So would you, we are almost out of time here, but I would love for you to take just a minute or two and tell everybody about your curriculum in case they haven't heard of it yet. Okay. Um, our company is called Etron Circuit Labs. Uh, our curriculum, our introduction curriculum is called the Basics Version 2.0. It's an introduction to electronics. Uh, inside the book, the book's about 100 pages long, and it has 40 individual lessons that teach electronics, and it starts at the very beginning. Uh, the first section of the book introduces the electronic components. So we spend 14 lessons introducing the electronic components. We talk about the who, what, where, when, why of what the component does. We try to give some real-world application of a component in, in the real world. And as an example, I said potentiometer earlier. Potentiometer is like a knob that turns. So if you think of a volume uh, you know, volume in, in your car. If you think about it, if you have a dimmer switch with a rotary knob on it, that's, you know, that gives an, an, an example of a potentiometer. From there, we launch into actually building labs and lessons. And one of, one of them, and I always like to highlight, is we build an automatic nightlight. The circuitry is identical to like an uh, automatic nightlight you might have in a hallway or a bathroom. It turns on when it gets dark, it goes off when it's light. So we introduce the components that, that make that build. So you got about 14 or 15 labs that you're actually building fun stuff. There's there's some burglar alarms in there. Uh, there's some noisemakers, which I know the parents love, but there's some noisemakers there. There's a moisture detector for like a garden. There's a metronome. There's an electronic organ that'll make like a do, re, mi sound using resistors uh, and a speaker. So we introduce all that. And then we get into introducing a couple basic electronics uh, principles, laws like Ohm's law and and Kirchhoff's law. So we introduce some stuff. So we kind of tie all this off together. And again, each lesson uh, shows all the components that the the student will need. It gives a direction. It basically gives a recipe how to build it using uh, what we call pin location table, which tells you where to put each component on a board. But in addition, there's also schematic, and we challenge the student to use the schematic because in the real world, that's how circuits are built. Um, mm-hmm. And then each lesson has a 10-question quiz 
Um, and for the parents, we make it easy. We include an answer key at the back of the book. And yes, I know the students can go look at the answer key too, but it's there for the parents. That way they can grade, grade their students and stuff. And whether your student is sitting down by themselves as part of a curriculum, whether doing it in conjunction with a parent, whether it's being done uh, you know, in a class, you know, traditional classroom setting, uh, this curriculum is it's a foundation. It's a it's a bare bones basic introduction to electronics that serves as the foundation that everything else builds upon. And you know, since STEM means so much to so many different people, it, it could be a variety of stuff, you know, whether it's you know like Adreno programming or robotics, you know, STEM encompasses several different engineering tracks. Well, all those other tracks need this foundational stuff. So whether up front or at the back end, having this understanding gives a learner an opportunity to have at least a basic understanding of how the devices they use in the real world function at least a basic level. Uh, from mm. there, we also have a, a, a second book called Digital uh, Digital Theory. It's an introduction to digital electronics. It's a much more complex book. Um, I will be perfectly honest, for, even though I've written the book for the most part, I steer clear of demoing it only because it's much more complex. It's much more time consuming. It's probably yeah. more a high school slash college level textbook, um, but it then introduces the digital concepts. And again, it's the same thing. It, it, this stuff gets into the, the, the mechanics of why does the part work the way it does? How does it make a decision? How does it operate given the parameters of what's being put into it? So we introduce all that stuff. And at the end, like I said, the, the objective is to have a student walk out and, and have an understanding. And, you know, accomplish something and be able to look at something and, you know, whether they, when they're done, whether they put it away on a bookshelf and let it collect dust or whether it just ignites that thirst and hunger to want to know more. You know, the, the, the point is it gets them, it gets them the baseline to give them the springboard to go into what's next for them. Well, and it, it's going to open their mind. Just, I mean, honestly, even this conversation, I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking at my phone differently now because I never thought about all the <laughs> moving parts inside of it. It was just, you know, it is right. what it is. Yeah. But but just unlocking their imagination of how much bigger the world is than they actually stop and think about so often is so yeah. important. And all the little things that make things run and go is just a really exciting thing to pass along to your children. So it sounds like this would unlock that beautifully, as well as equip them to, to move on in this field if that's their calling and their gifting. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just, just one, one final thought I reference in the book, I talk about Elon Musk of Tesla, but I also talk about Steve Jobs who founded Apple. And Steve Jobs once said before he passed away, he said, hey, he says, we don't create new devices. We take devices that are already made and we just make them better to the point you can't live without them. And if you think about your iPhone or, you know, iPods, you know, the past errors or your iPads, or your laptops or your home devices, or your watches, the reality is Apple never created a thing. They took those basic building blocks and made them so much better. Hmm. Our curriculum is those basic building blocks. We're giving you the basic building blocks that make up everything we use in life. And we're giving you the opportunity to look at it and say, hey, how can we make you know something better? How can we make something different? How can we make something unique? And you know, along the way, we're going to end up with a generation of people that are going to end up being standouts because they're going to create something special that you know, in our minds, we can't even imagine. But I promise you, the moment we see it, we can't live without it. And uh, you know, it's it's it that that person's going to come from a track that has this as its basis. Yep. Yep. So, so cool. Very exciting. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. I really, really appreciate your being here. 
well, I appreciate you taking the time and let me be part of this. And I, I, I can't wait to uh, teach them diligently in February. Or I, I think it's in February in Nashville. I, I can't wait to get back and actually get to interact with people in real life again and, and have fun and, and, and get hands-on with people again. Yep. We've actually, we're theming our events next year as Together Again because it just seems that we're all so eager to get together again. And we just can't wait till that day comes. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you check your books, you'll see I've already got my booth reserved. So we, we, we are excited. We, we can't wait to be there. So Good deal. Well, I will make sure that I link to your website and everything uh, in the car, in the resources with this podcast. But thank you all so much for joining us. Um, I hope that you will take the time to look into Jason's curriculum and just really explore the options that are available to just unlock this creativity and this innovation within your children. There is no telling what God could do once you do that. So have a great afternoon and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within his families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.